wellness is not just having a cool Instagram page with a green juice. It's how we live our lives. And if we can live our lives from a place of playfulness, of curiosity, of wishing and wanting to be well, I think that the world will be a better place. And so we do that through movement. We do that through learning. We do that through sitting in silence and self-inquiry. And I hope that with all of the platforms that I've created, whether it's the podcast, my classes, um, my YouTube channel, my Instagram, and my blog, that people are able to find the information that they need to create a life that they love. And I truly believe that great teachers teach people how to teach themselves. And that's really where my passion and where my work lies. Hi there, and welcome to the Let's Thrive podcast. My name is Emily Feichels, and I started this page to inspire, educate, and empower any who listen. Like most people, I'm a curious soul and love to chat with my guests on all things health, wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and so much more. I hope you'll stick around for a time or two. And with that said, let's thrive. Well, friends, here we are about two weeks from Christmas and the end of a decade, which is so crazy. And I know some people are all about the end of the decade thing and some aren't all about it. But for me, I just think it's semi-important and overall a pretty neat concept. And if you're new around here and you're catching this podcast in this final month of the decade, or maybe you're listening in the future, I don't know. This is the Let's Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and I just, I love this entire medium. I started this to inspire, educate, and empower any who listen, and I hope you get that from my episodes. I really put a lot of work into them, and sometimes you'll hear background noise of my dogs or my cats or my brother, but you know, that's just what you get. This is a home-based, homegrown podcast. No fancy thrills and frills here, I guess. (laughs) And so that being said, I just figured I'd give a little life update, podcast update, intention update here. All kinds of updates for you, just like my phone. (laughs) So first things first, I will admit that in about mid-November, I just hit a plateau with everything I think you know it was kind of one of those times where suddenly you're thinking what am I doing I don't think this is right but like fundamentally you know it's right but it's just outward pressure and the comparison trap making you think otherwise and I just it wasn't that I was unhappy with what I'm doing because I still feel I'm on the right path like I would not be doing well in college right now. (laughs) I'm happy with where I'm at, but I just hit this place where I was like, I want to be doing more. And I know that's not always um, the case, but for me, it is. Like, I just want to push myself a bit more now that I am feeling better. And if you're new around here, then in case you didn't know, and you can go back a few episodes and find it, I was diagnosed with chronic hep C about four months ago, and I went through a rigorous uh, treatment program for it. And I'm officially in the free and clear, apparently. I have one more test to pass for it. But anyway, so it's been neat since I have all this newfound energy to really work. I mean, I'm, I haven't felt this energized in about two years now uh, since the entire hep C got triggered. So this has been amazing. But at the same time, it's bringing up a lot of feelings for me because, you know, I have to remind myself that there was a long time where I couldn't do so much. And now that I can, I want to make sure that I don't go overboard and re-trigger anything. So that's where I'm at right now. And I am going to be doing a post on this soon, but one, I do have two part-time jobs now. (laughs) That's fun. And two, the podcast is actually undergoing an entire rebranding. So the name's going to stay the same, Let's Thrive, but I will have new podcast cover art, I'll have new podcast episode art. I'm going to have an entire brand for me that's Thrive as I am deeming myself a holistic storyteller. Do you guys like that? I think it has a nice vibe to it and I think it suits me very well. So that's going to be for me, my Instagram, and the health mentorship program that I'm actually starting in my local hometown community. So that's coming in 2020, as well as all the podcast updates. So 
lots going on and lots of emotions as I know we are all feeling almost as though we're walking on eggshells because this is just a crazy time. Lots of astrological stuff going on, lots of real life stuff going on, lots of emotional-ish to move through. It's just a big time and I think that's why it's so important for me that I remain present and grounded in all things that today's guest on the podcast, Ava Johanna, is an advocate for. I found Ava, well, I found her podcast through another podcast, started binging on it, fell in love with it, and had this dream of having her on my podcast. Lo and behold, I went on this retreat over the summer with the Almost 30 podcast, And on that retreat, I met an employee of the Almost 30 podcast. Her name is Tiffany, and she does, like, their podcast management. Well, like, and she, so she met me on the retreat, like, we talked. And then a few months later, like, two months later, I got a message from her on Facebook saying that she remembered me mentioning my podcast on the retreat and asked if Ava could come on, and I was just over the moon happy, and It just was so nice to sit down on our laptops, (laughs) different sides of the country, and have this conversation that I had been, you know, just dreaming of having with her for a long time because we hit so many important factors and I just think she has so much to share with the world and so much to teach. So I'm so, so happy to share Ava's story with you all today. So we do jump right into what her day-to-day life looks like currently and what it entails as an entrepreneur from home, as she builds courses, runs programs, teaches fitness, has a podcast, has a YouTube, and runs retreats. I mean, she has done it all. And in this, we discuss what it means to slow down even as you're busy bee doing all the things. This means slowing down with intention and to not fall into the busy trap of Just being busy because that's what society has conditioned us means success. Busy does not mean success in all cases. Sometimes maybe it does, but not all the times and certainly not when we are running ourselves into the ground and reaching burnout before the age of 23. (laughs) So in this, we just discuss finding space to be still and embracing it. And in this you know, I do bring up meditation because I think that's a tool you can use. It's not the only tool, but it's an important one for me in my life that I'd like to better. And Ava teaches meditation. She is a meditation guru, I like to say. I don't know if she would call herself that because she's so humble, but I admire her so much for her meditation techniques and how she's grown her practice over the years and how she teaches others. So it's very interesting to get her viewpoint as someone who first taught herself someone who now teaches others, and someone who has interviewed and been amongst many great meditators. Eva then shares how this all really happened after she hit a rock bottom in her life. It, she shares how in her early years, and teen, teen years more so, she was very dependent on chemical substances such as drugs and alcohol and how she thought about herself, and it wasn't until she hit this rock bottom moment that she shares, and she was unhappy with her current job that she really started to think about how she wanted to reframe her life and started to enact change to embrace a new way of living. In this, she started to follow things that brought her joy and stirred curiosity, and I love that part of this conversation because it's so true that we we all need a little bit of curiosity in our lives to just drive us forward, make us try new things, and get over that fear hump that so many of us can get stuck on. This also touches on how to decondition and move past fears from our childhood that can carry through to adulthood and really screw with us, and then why we don't have to niche down, and how you can find your passions and interests without losing your mind in the process and questioning yourself and falling into the comparison trap. So it's a very well-rounded episode and, and, you know, if I had to sum it up, I'd say it's, it comes down to following your intuition and remaining patient and present. There's just so much you can learn from this. I really hope you enjoy. And if you want to learn more about Ava and her podcast, she is on Instagram at Ava Johanna. That is with two N's. You'll find it linked below. And her podcast is at The Alchemized Life on Instagram. I'll have that linked as well. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Thrive underscore on life. 
or at Emily Feichels. This is like week three of me not deciding if I want to change it yet. So for all future podcast listeners listening back, I don't know which name I will be at, so just try both. (laughs) But I love connecting. And in that, I do want to just say thank you again for everyone who has left a rate and review for the podcast. I can't explain how much that means to me that you take time to do that and how much it means for the podcast when I'm trying to get sponsors and, you know, get codes for you guys to save money and then also to get some guests that I'd really, really like to share with you guys. So if you've done that, thank you. And I, you know, if you do want to leave one, you can go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes, search for the Let's Thrive Podcast. You can leave a rate and review. And I will say every week I pick a winner and I send you a box of goodies or one bigger (laughs) goodie. Uh, This, just like a week or two ago, it was a box of like breakfast things such as protein powders and like a shaker cup and oatmeal. And then the one before that or after that, I mean, was actually from the brand Moon Juice, if you've heard of them. It was a super eudaptogenic blend to help with stress. And I just, I love giving you guys gifts because I appreciate you so much. And I'm so grateful to be in a position where I'm receiving a lot of free stuff and I'm just happy to pass it along to you. So please do that. I appreciate it. And without further ado, let's go. I don't know about you, but when it comes to the protein department, I struggle. As in, I want to be 100% plant-based, but I just can't do it. When I try to get my protein from beans, legumes, and eggs, my stomach is just a wreck. Cue my favorite and only protein powder, New Zest. Now before you skip ahead, hear me out. I know protein powder can get a bad rap, but this one is different. Let me explain. New Zest is a 100% plant-based protein powder made from the highest quality European golden peas and provides the most protein source of all vegetable protein. Better yet, it contains all the essential amino acids our bodies need, making it easy to digest and no more bloating. That's it, I'm sold. No, but really. The reason I'm so in love with New Zest is because not only is it a safe, high-quality form of protein, more eco-friendly too, it's also the only blend to never give me bloat. Like never. Dream come true, am I right? And in case you're questioning this pea protein, rest assured, New Zest is completely transparent about sourcing. They found that in Europe, northern France to be exact, the soil, air, and water quality is ideal for growing and the process they use to isolate the protein from the peas is completely free of chemicals. Worry no more, this vegan protein powder is safe from all those nasty add-ins that oftentimes are snuck into other brands. My favorites are the Little Sipper Cacao Probiotic Protein Blend that's extra good for gut health and then after that I'd have to say it's the vanilla, which is truly amazing. They both make my smoothie bowls taste like dessert by adding a lightly sweet, fresh vanilla or chocolate flavor. I also use the Just Natural flavor for baking because it adds such great fluffy texture to all my baked goods while adding a boost of protein. No matter the variety, you can't go wrong. To try New Zest for yourself, simply go to their site and use code THRIVEONLIFE to save 15% on your order. That's THRIVEONLIFE. T-H-R-I-V-E-O-N-L-I-F-E to save 15% off your order. You can get free shipping and have this deliciousness in your hands in no time at all. And as always, find me on Instagram at thrive underscore on life. If you have any questions or need a recommendation, I'd be happy to connect. Enjoy and tag us if you try. Okay, well, to start out, I thought it would be neat to actually start in the present. So maybe like walk us through a day in the life of Ava, just to give people an idea of who you are and what it is you do on a daily basis. Yeah, it's so funny because you know how a lot of like content creators will be like, so a lot of you guys have been asking me about X, Y, and Z. And I've always kind of been like, is anyone really asking? Because sometimes when I'll say that, no one's really asking. And um, over the past like week or so, I've had a lot of people ask like, well, what do you do on a day-to-day basis? And I kind of just like look around my room and giggle because I spend a lot of my time at home in like my at-home office slash content creation podcast studio that I have 
um, set in our home as my special little space. Um, I, the reason being is that I spend so much of my time managing the podcast, recording, interviewing people where I record from home. I'm also in the process of building out my own course called Be Your Own Mentor. So that's been taking a lot of my time just learning how to build sales pages and emails and all of these things that I used to do for my clients when I was back in digital marketing and now I'm doing for myself. Um, so there's been doing that as well as um, launching my YouTube channel. So learning how to edit video. I'm basically in this like incubation stage of learning all of these new tools. So on a day-to-day -day basis, a lot of my time is spent here just learning, um, discovering new ways to create content. And then outside of that, I teach throughout the week as well. So like I said earlier, I recently started teaching for Journey Meditation, which is a live meditation app. It's basically like the Peloton of meditation. And so I do that Monday through Friday um, at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time every day. And then I teach at Bandir and Aloe Yoga here in LA. So if I'm not at home creating content, I'm outside of the house, busy teaching, but I love it so much. I feel like the times in which my schedule is a lot slower, I feel directionless in some ways. So having a busy schedule and having that like energy is very much my vibe. And I feel very grateful to be able to create all of these things on my own and then with people to be able to have podcast interviews like that. It's just, it's a gift truly to be able to use everything that I've done in my life, the bad and the good to come to this point. I agree with you on that one. And I'm similar on that. This was like my first, I've had three days now where I just didn't have anything like going on. And at first I was like, oh, that's such a nice break in my schedule. And then all of a sudden I found myself, you know, it's like those questions. I think everyone who works for themselves or has a side hustle thinks of, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Like, I'm not going 24 seven. I don't have emails to respond to. I don't have this and that. And it's like, maybe just calm the fuck out for a day yeah. and like regain yourself. So yeah. oh, I feel that. For sure. Well, and you know, it's so interesting. I think that we, one, are in this society that deems busy as equaling successful. And that's simply not the case. And I think that that's something that a lot of us have to work through as we develop, especially for entrepreneurs, I would say. It's something a story that we all kind of have to break through. And what I found, um, I went to Canada to visit my dad for a week with my husband a couple months ago. And I set myself up to not have to work at all. I was so excited. And then when I got there, I found myself constantly refreshing my inbox, trying to find things to do and like uncomfortable. Like I was almost like crawling out of my skin because I was like, no one's emailing me. I have no work to do. What is going on? And after like maybe like two or three days, I was like, chill out, Ava. Like you asked for this. Not only did you set yourself up to not have to work to like relax and take a break, but also like energetically speaking, the universe is like, no one email her, no new opportunities, nothing like no fires to put out. No, like give her this space because she asked for this. And so I think that it's really an interesting dichotomy between busyness and receiving the surrender and the push that we all learn at our certain points throughout our entrepreneurial journeys. And then, you know, just in life in general, whether you're an entrepreneur or not. It's yeah, you said it perfectly. It's just it's like some sort of weird kind of balance, even though balance is already a tricky word in itself to define. So I love Moving that. target. <laughs> <laughs> so were you always this interested in health and wellness, meditation, and you're just, I guess, supporting yourself like in the physical, mental, and emotional and spiritual realm? Like when did no. you find yourself pulled into all of this? <laughs> no, I was not at all. Um, I found all of this through hitting my darkest and deepest rock bottom. Um, I, when I was like probably like 15 or 16, I, it was, early, I was older than that, like 16 or 17 years old, I um, discovered raving and partying as a teenager. And I like loved, I loved that. And I look back at it now and look back at like the, six, five or six years of that time of my life and just realize like how chemically dependent I really was on these substances, whether it was just alcohol or pot or like some of the harder drugs. Um, and 
I realized like that I was really dependent on it. And um, I never was like, oh, I don't really have a problem. But now that I reflect back on it, I like really did have a problem and it really did impact who I was, who I was hanging out with, how I thought about myself. That was the biggest one, how I thought about myself and really where I was setting myself up to go. You know, I didn't even apply for college because I thought that I wasn't smart enough. I was like, I'm not even going to save or I'm going to save myself the time of being disappointed. And so throughout all of that, I got myself into this really dark space. Um, I got a DUI when I was 19 years old. And um, I wish that I could say that that was like the final wake up call, but it definitely wasn't. I stopped drinking and driving, which was great. Um, But I continued to spiral downward until I found myself severely burnt out at work and had chronic migraines. So like every other week I would get a migraine for like 48 to 72 hours and it was excruciating and I felt guilty. I felt this guilt that I wasn't able to even contribute to my boyfriend at the time and us living together because I couldn't cook dinner. I couldn't even get out of bed and he just had to take care of me. It was really excruciating and I just felt so much guilt. And at that point, I just had gone to so many doctors who had told me that I should just get on antidepressants and that was going to be what would fix me. And intuitively i was like that's that's not that's not the answer there's got to be something else i'm not going to put be put on um some bipolar medication or some um depression medication because i just don't intuitively feel like that's what's wrong with me and so i started like following my curiosities a girlfriend asked me to go to a yoga class and i experienced yoga for the first time and it was like this like come to jesus moment of like being in my body and like feeling what it felt like to like be present with sensation and it was really cool and really powerful and I definitely like I'm sure a lot of people will resonate with this like I got hooked from there and I kept looking for that like next spiritual high and that's where I had discovered meditation and breath work and all of these tools and just continued to follow the things that I was really curious and excited about in the moment that I wasn't curious and excited about it I was like all right what's next and allowed myself to be dynamic and I think that that trait has given me the opportunity to dip my toes in a lot of different pools and um, to get me to the point where I am today. So I'm grateful that I'm like, what is it? The the curious cat? No, I don't know. (laughs) I get what you're meaning though. Curiosity killed the cat, but no, (laughs) I'm like an alive kitty. (laughs) I thought that's the saying you were trying to get at, but I was like, wait, how she, yeah. We get it. <laughs> well, I, I love that. And I, the more I talk to people through the podcast and in real life, Instagram, whatever, I feel like these moments of growth and transformation and really finding a dedication and a love for these practices come from those rock bottoms and those dark moments where we just really don't know like what's next. And something comes in and almost, you know, starts to feel like a void within us that we didn't even know we had. So I think your story is so powerful. I loved listening on off the record podcast when you were on that one. So powerful. And yeah, just very inspiring. So thank you for that. And I was curious. So you mentioned you got into meditation and you said before how you're now doing meditation, you know, for others and live. How did you get started? You know, like if you had to give maybe a few tips for someone just getting started into it and trying to find their groove what would you say to them? So teaching or um, practicing meditation or both? More so practicing, I'd practicing? say. Okay. I feel like so, that's what people are the most confused about yeah. when they're talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would suggest with a meditation practice to find a community to meditate with because there is something so visceral about meditating in community with other people. I can't tell you exactly what that feeling is, but if you've ever meditated with a group of people, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's it's a tangible feeling. And so I think that that collective coming to conscious awareness is powerful and gripping enough to want you 
to um, come back for more or for you to want to come back for more. And so finding some sort of community. So, um, you know, in LA, I'm very lucky. There's so many different um, meditation studios around LA. Like I said, finding a app to meditate with is also great as well. The beauty of the app that I meditate with is that it's live and there's conversation. So there's like that community element to it. But finding finding the 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 vehicle is the first step. How are you going to meditate? What is the app that you like to meditate with? The technique that I am um, that I'm taught in is one giant mind. And now they used to have an app and I believe they still might have an app. The last time that I gave the recommendation of downloading the app, apparently it wasn't available on the iTunes store, which was a bummer. But if you're listening to this, go to the Apple store and try and download one giant mind because it's a free app, always going to be free if it's still out there. And the technique is very, very simple and modern. It's meant to get people into a deeply restorative state really quickly, a state that's five times more restful than sleep. Um, And having that to guide you into your meditation, guide you out of your meditation is really powerful. So again, find your vehicle. The second step would be to be diligent with yourself. You know, the moment that I found meditation wasn't like the moment that I started meditating consistently every day. I still have off days when I forget to meditate. But giving yourself a container to meditate in. So in the morning, I wake up, I sit up in bed, and I start meditating. And I do not get out of bed until I've finished my meditation because I know that once I get out of bed, if I start making the coffee or washing my face or go into my little space, I'm going to get distracted. And I just know that about myself. And so giving yourself discipline to start meditating is really, really important, especially starting out. Because once you create the habit, then you're at the point where you're like, oh my God, like I need this. It's like eating dark chocolate. You're like, I want more, I want more, I want more because it's such a transformational practice. So I think find your vehicle and then set some boundaries for yourself as to when and where you're going to meditate. And that makes it a lot easier. And then after that, it's like, just show up. No one's going to force you to meditate. You're the one that you're doing it for. You're going to let yourself down if you don't do it. Um, and you're going to feel really, really good if you do do it. So I, for the longest time, I didn't realize what I was doing, but after I would work out or do yoga or something, I find myself stretching and like laying down my yoga mat. And I would just have these like odd sensations of extreme relaxation, you know, and I was like, oh, wow, that really kicked my butt. And then I started learning more about, and I think you did the episode on it, like yoga nidra is it where you actually do lay down? And she was talking in that episode about how, I don't know, like you always think you have to be sitting for meditation. And I find that I focus more when I'm like laying down or I I like get deeper in it. So I'm just curious, like, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think like, you know, are there different ways to even physically be while meditating? Yeah. I mean, there's so many different ways to meditate. There's mindfulness practices, there's mantra based practices, there's yoga nidra, there's all these practices. And for me, like, I'm not here to tell you exactly what to do. I'm not like the next Bikram. I'm not Iyengar. Like all I want is for like people to be meditating because I know what it was like for me to hit that rock bottom. And so all of the work that I do is all about preventing you from hitting your rock bottom and instead empowering you to create a life that you love. And so if that means that you're meditating, lying down with your feet in like Supta Konasana, like butterfly pose, perfect. If you want to stand, if you want to sit super, super straight and be like really forcefully concentrated on something and that works for you, great. I'm not going to tell you how to sit. I'm not going to tell you how to stand or lay down. Like as long as you're meditating, that's what makes me happy. Um, And you can meditate in so many different ways. Like you said, like after you um, work out or something like that, working out in itself is a meditation. So, Well, and that's what you teach, isn't it? It's the workout with meditation in it or do you do the meditation at the end? Yeah. So Tone to Transform is a yoga sculpt class with cardio, core work, and meditation at the end. So basically in the eight limbs of yoga, what we're taught is that you use asana, the physical practice to prepare the body to sit. And so this isn't totally asana. There's definitely more um, exercises that are meant for sculpting and more on the like hit work outside. But what I did take from the eight limbs of yoga was the 
element that your body is so much more able to sit in stillness and meditation and be comfortable and be silent and have moved the energy and like the the jitters so that when you are in your meditation practice it is that much more juicy it is that much more easeful and calm and so the meditation i mean meditation itself you do within your within your workouts regardless because you get into that flow state but then to add on to the end a 5 minute sit of just full stillness feeling your body feeling your sweat it's a powerful practice and so did you like you created that on your own and then you're able to teach it at the different locations i'm just i'm east coast so i'm so unfamiliar with like the idea that people like you know, LA and California is just amazing in itself with all the opportunities out there. So I'm just curious, like, so you created the class, like the idea for it and like the workouts, and then you get to like rent out the space or you just get to, like you get invited to teach it? Um, both. So I, I work with Bandier, which actually had Studio B in New York, if I'm not Incorrect. I, I don't know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> probably. Okay. I, they, they, so Studio B was band, Studio B and Bandier started in the Hamptons in New York, and then they just opened up their um, space out here in LA. And what they do is bring in teachers that have their own concepts and let them use the space as a part of their programming. So it's like going to a regular studio. You would sign up just as you would like a drop in. It's not like a special class or anything like that. It's. Um, every Thursday and Friday, I'm coming in and teaching the concept. So it's basically like you'd be going to a yoga class, except it's my concept. And then in addition to that, I also teach it at events and workshops. Okay. That clears it up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you have this entrepreneurial, you know, multiple jobs and offsets that you're doing right now. But when you were getting to this place, did you have any limiting beliefs, self-doubts, like factors and fears that just tried to hold you back, you know, tried to hold you back from making a podcast or creating your own class or, you know, building such an amazing community as you have. Girl, I still have all of those beliefs, all of those fears. I just know how to handle them differently now. Um, But yes, like 100%, I think they have been so massively terrifying and so, just like all encompassing throughout my entire entrepreneurial journey. And the only thing that I've, that I've done is that I've just been like, okay, I acknowledge that I feel this way and I'm going to move through it anyways. But, you know, of course, um, moving up to LA recently feeling, oh, is my concept going to be good enough? There's so many amazing teachers here. What if people don't show up? What if people don't like it? What if they judge me? What if I'm not able to pay my rent? What if I have to work really long hours or go back to my desk job? There's a million different fears and what ifs that run through my mind. I'm a perfectly normal human being, just like everyone else. Um, But I just look at them and say, okay, I see that I'm feeling this way and it's okay that I feel this way too, but I'm not going to let that stop me because what I'm doing is so much bigger than me and my ego. What I'm doing is service for other people. I teach my class so other people can feel good. I don't teach my class so I can feel good. I host my podcast and have these interviews so I can share their information with the world, not so I can be the one on the pedestal that everyone is like bowing down to. Like it's it's all about what I can give, not what I can receive. And I think when you shift out of the mindset of this is all about me to how am I of a service, the fears start to diminish and get a little bit smaller because it's not about you. It's really not. A hundred percent agree. I mean, especially with, with the podcast, it's shown me that because, you know, I was obviously afraid to start it. I was afraid to share my voice. I was afraid of other people's opinions and afraid of the fact that I was putting so much work into something without getting like a return of monetary value, which is what all my life, you know, it's taught you work this amount of time, you put this much of effort in and you get, you know, payment or you get praise. And when I first started the podcast, there was none of that, you know, I mean, people were still starting to find it. There wasn't obviously any income coming in and it took me a while to realize just how much it was helping people. And then it allowed me to like move past some of those beliefs as well of 
okay, this is why I'm doing this again. And I don't know, it just, it grounded me again, I guess, to see the bigger picture and why I started it in the first place. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I can totally resonate with that as well. You know, we have so many different proven influences in our lives that say work X amount, you get this, or once you finish this, you'll get praise, you know, like even in school, what they give us a gold star when we finish something like we are literally conditioned into thinking doing X is going to get me Y or Z. And so as an entrepreneur or as a creative, that's like the first thing that's got to go because you got to be like really, really, really secure and knowing that like what you're creating is of value without having the praise or the monetary um, reception as well. And so I think that it's, it's challenging, but if you feel really confident and like good in what it is that you're bringing to the world, even if you're just making it for yourself, then those types of things don't matter as much anymore. But it's definitely a practice, you know? Like I, if you were interviewing me three or four years ago, I'd be like, why am I not getting paid for this blog post? <laughs> yeah, I, I see that. And you did mention something about the conditioning we get from our childhood. And so I'm curious, have you had any condition, you know, things conditioned into you or beliefs that you had to work through I know we mentioned, you know, self-doubt and limiting beliefs, but mm -hmm. were there any like habits or thoughts that just kept coming back and interfering with you moving forward, whether that be in personal life or your business side of things? Yeah. I mean, the one that comes to mind immediately is this massive fear of rejection. Um, when I was five years old, it was just my mom and I, um, her and my dad had already divorced and she had met or re-met her high school sweetheart and they were dating for a little while. And then her dad, her mom and her stepmom all within a year had passed away and he booked it like he left. And so it was just me and my mom dealing with all of this. And so, of course, as like a little moldable five-year-old with a putty brain, I took in all of that, all of that abandonment, all of that rejection. And not only did that give me these like really wild fears in my romantic relationships, but it also created this conditioning around becoming a people pleaser and wanting all my friends to like me and being manipulative and in my business being really scared to ask for things or to apply for the job um, or to, you know, pitch the brand, whatever it was. And so it was really beautiful because I worked with this healer last year on my birthday and I went in on my birthday and I'm like, let's uncover some shit. Like let's, let's get down to the dirty details. And she got me on her table and started channeling like light language. It was the most wild experience ever. And I started getting all of these flashes in my head of like different periods of my life. And the first one and the longest one was when I was like five years old and I didn't know what it was. So afterwards I called my mom and I asked her and she's like, well, that was like the worst time in my life. And this is what happened. And it was like this awakening inside of me of holy shit this belief, this conditioning, this story is not mine. It's not mine. I was holding on to it for my mom, but it's not mine. And it was within literally like 24 hours of having that healing session and talking to my mom that it just went away. You know, it was, it was really powerful. And I know that that doesn't happen with all of our conditioning and beliefs. Sometimes we really got to work on it, but so much of what we believe, so many of the stories, so many of the conditioning, the fears, are not our own and creating enough space through meditation or, you know, going on a retreat and just distancing yourself from whatever it is allows us the opportunity to ask, is this true? Is this true? Is it true for me to fear rejection on such a deep level that I'm going to lose everyone in my life if I make the wrong decision or if I ask for something that I want? No, it wasn't true. And so it was a quantum shift for me that was really, really powerful. I feel that once more, just one, like what you said also, just something like a retreat or maybe you go on a solo vacation. Like I just find that sometimes when I'm 
not stuck, but when I'm in my day-to-day routine and you kind of get in this comfortable flow of things, it's, it's like you see the things coming up. You see the habits or the thoughts or anything like that, but I don't always act on them. And then I go away for a bit and I'm either solo traveling or I'm at a retreat and suddenly I'm forced to like see those thoughts, see those habits come up. And it really just puts me out of my element, I think, and makes me reevaluate everything and come at it from like a different angle. So I, I think that is like, really crucial to step outside of your comfort zone to see like just how those habits are affecting your day-to-day life when you're in the thick of it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and like the thing is, our brains are hardwiring so many habits, behaviors, and thoughts because on a daily basis, the brain uses 20% of our metabolic energy just to function. And so hardwiring as many behaviors and thoughts and patterns is an easy way to not have to process all of those things consciously. It does it subconsciously. And so we have all these subconscious narratives and loops running. And when we start to find that stillness, whether it is like we said, like going on a solo vacation, even if that solo vacation is like a day trip um, and create that space, we can ask ourselves like if these stories are true and then start to shift to, well, what do I want to be true instead? What are the habits and the behaviors that I want instead? And then start to continuously do that and start to hardwire and program that instead because we at any moment have the ability to create new neural pathways in the brain. It's a dynamic and ever evolving organ that we have inside of us. So any habit, any behavior that you want to change, you can. That's why you just have to be consistent with it though because you're basically training this atrophied muscle to be strong again. Uh, Yeah, that's one of the best explanations I think I've heard anyone ever say of it like that. And I I know I personally, I've, it's been like an ongoing struggle of mine to just be consistent with meditation. And it's to the point now where I know how I feel when I do meditate. So I think I'm getting very close to just finding that consistent becoming of a habit of it for me. So I'm (laughs) I'm getting there. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because I spent, I think it was like four days over the past week and I didn't meditate. I got a fever for the first time in like probably like eight or nine months, which is crazy. And then when I sat back in meditation again, I like, it was like this, like coming home. I was like, oh yes, I'm back. I feel it. And I felt so good. Um, But you know, you do kind of need the, the, to see both ends of it. I always tell people, you know, like once you've developed a meditation practice, take a couple days off and then come back to your practice. You're going to realize how much you really liked it. Yeah. I mean, even with something like working out, you know, I don't force myself to work out if I don't want to, but sometimes I know that my body feels fine. It's just like some sort of mental rut I'm in and, you know, I'll take a day or two off exercise. And when I come back to it, whether it's yoga or bar or just walking, like I can feel how good it feels in my body. And the same goes for food. You know, sometimes I just get so sick of what I eat on a routine. And then, you know, I give myself a few days break and I realize like, okay, that does make my stomach feel good. Or like, there's just so many little ways you can do that. And I, I don't know, it's like bringing the excitement back to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So say someone works through any limiting beliefs they have, any past habits or behaviors and they want to start something new, whether it's like a side hustle or they want to go, you know, full blown into entrepreneurial state of business. <laughs> what would be your top tips for someone getting started in it? Like dipping their toes in the entrepreneurial waters? Mm, well, I think the first thing would be to, like I said earlier, like get curious about what it is that you want to do. And one of the things that I've kind of honed in on is trying to mix your skills with your passion. So look back at like all of those jobs that you fucking hate and ask yourself, well, what did I learn from those? Or like, what did I like from those positions? Like if you worked as a administrative assistant or something like that, what awesome skills did you learn there that you can utilize in this side hustle? Maybe you're really organized so you can create some awesome spreadsheets to keep yourself on track and stay really diligent and disciplined. So really like meshing the skills that you have and have built over your entire 
um, life in the workforce and asking yourself, well, what is it that I want? What is it that I'm passionate about? And so once you start to get clear there on the things that you're passionate about, it's trying things. You know, I'm all about being multi-passionate and multi-hyphenated. I do not believe that you need to niche down. Like I'm so against that. And I think that sometimes that can be confusing for people, but like ultimately you if you're like a personal brand or just like as a human being, because we are all human beings, um, we are allowed to have so many passions. And who says that we can't talk about yoga and also talk about music? Or who says that we can't write for a wellness platform, but then also write for, you know, an adventure platform? There's just so much to life. And I think to limit yourself is totally ridiculous and silly and goes back to the whole idea of like, pick a major in college that you're going to be doing for your entire life. Like choose your job when you're 16 years old, because you totally know what you're doing. Um, so I would say that would be the, the two, the two first steps of like, what are your skills? What are your passions from there? Get curious with it. Start trying new things. Um, I'm huge on just learning. So if you are new, completely new to a vertical or an industry, sign up for something like Skillshare. Like if you want to do graphic design, go on something like Skillshare and like watch some videos or download Photoshop. If you want to like start a YouTube channel, get a camera or start, get a tripod, a $12 tripod off of Amazon and use your phone to take some videos um, and just start doing things because action is where the inspiration comes from. The more that you act upon things, the, the next step is going to come, the step after that. But don't wait until you have an entire roadmap out in front of you because unfortunately the roadmap never comes and the people that wait for the roadmap are the ones that never actually fulfill upon whatever their purpose is. So just take the step before you're ready and all the steps will come into place and you'll learn lessons along the way. You'll make mistakes, but that's okay. Like life is not meant to be perfect and life would be pretty fucking boring if you were perfect all the time and never made any mistakes. Yeah. And I was listening to someone else on a podcast the other day and they were just saying how they're a firm believer of like engagement before anything else. So it's like, if you think you want to do something, just start like, because you might actually not want to do that once you start and see, okay, wait, I'm not too interested in this anymore. And at least that way you haven't spent months planning out, like you said, a roadmap that's never going to come. And I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm a big believer that, I mean, what do you have to lose? Like ask yourself, like, what's the worst thing that could happen? I, you know, as long as you don't have tons of money invested or somebody's life on the line, like just jump in, do it see if you actually want to continue or, you know, if you don't. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and to speak to that too, besides the life being on the line thing, but the money invested, like money is energy. It's fluid. It's abundant. It's never, it's never going to run out. So like, just go after what it is that you want to go after. And like when I first decided that I was going to be in the wellness space, I thought I was just going to be like a traveling yoga teacher and teach all around the world. Went down to South America with my boyfriend, didn't teach yoga at all. And I was like, I didn't even practice yoga. I'm like, all right, well, I'm not doing this. And so I came home and I was like, I'm going to be a corporate yoga teacher. Um, Booked one client was like, well, this isn't fun. And so then I was like, I'm going to teach other yoga teachers marketing. And I did that and I was like, this is okay, but this isn't really where I'm going. So I just kept asking myself, well, what is it that I want to do? And I didn't hold too tightly to anything. I would try something and if I didn't like it, I let it go. And I was just very, very flexible with it. And it's through the multiple iterations of exploring what it was that I thought I wanted to do and just listening to my intuition that I have found myself where I am today and am is where I am today exactly where I want to be five years from now, 10 years from now? No. Do I have an idea of where I'll be 10 years from now? No. And that's okay. And I think it kind of comes from this idea or this fear of change too, because I mean, so many of us already fear change because it's, you know, sometimes synonymous with pain and transformation, sometimes not of our choosing. And then, you know, say we, we tell everyone, oh, this is what I'm doing. I'm starting this. And then even if we want to change, sometimes it's so scary to say, to admit to those people and to yourself of, okay, I tried it. This isn't for me. I'm moving on to my next thing. And I mean, I know I've experienced that. I've talked to a few others and 
it's just that fear of fear of change of other people's opinions and but it's it's tricky to work fast but i think that's uh, a big obstacle too in that uh in that journey of finding you know tweaking it down to what you really want as you try things along the way yeah absolutely and i mean i was talking to another girlfriend earlier today about fear of like judgment and what other people think. And I think we've all kind of like heard this before, but like no one gives a shit about you, honestly. Like we do, yes, but like we're not so focused on what you're doing in your life. We're way more focused on what we're doing in our lives. So if you make a mistake, if you go after some sort of like big dream of yours and end up failing, or I don't even believe in failure, I think just not having it pan out the way that you expected, um, you know, no one's really going to judge you about it. And if they do, fuck them, honestly, like they're not meant to be in your life anyways. Um, because ultimately the people that are going to support you are going to be there regardless of what you do, regardless of the lessons you got to learn along the way. Um, you know, those are the people that you want to surround yourself with, not the people that are going to judge you. Those people don't matter. Amen to that. It's, waiting through to see <laughs> who's with you and who's not. So, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's definitely a part of the journey too, but you know, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, you go through that. I know so many friends that like after they got married, they stopped talking to their, to people and stuff like that. And people will get really, really upset. And I'm like, you know, but people aren't meant to always be in your life for your entire life. Like be so grateful for the time that you had with them and the lessons that you got to learn alongside of them, um, you know, and keep that in your mind rather than feeling like attached to this idea of someone who was 21 years old that you used to like go out dancing with at night. Not yeah. sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's embracing the change and the new friendships that'll come in. So, you know, you mentioned before that you we're real big on kind of tying skills into your passions, which I love. But have you gotten to a place, you know, thus far where you've had to outsource and find kind of like admit to yourself, okay, this isn't really my strong point. I'm going to find someone else to do this. And how did you navigate that? Because I've, I don't know, I feel whenever I talk with other entrepreneurs or just people in general, when we have to ask for help outside of ourselves, it can be such like, such a shame, not shameful, but also kind of, I don't know. It's, it's like we have a resistance to it, resistance to asking for help or admitting we even need it. So how do you navigate that? Yeah. I mean, it's such a great question because I like in my career in the corporate space, I come from like startup culture and in startup culture, you learn how to do absolutely everything. And so that kind of instilled the belief in me that I could just figure everything out, which I can, I can figure everything out. But um, at a certain point that becomes detrimental to your business because you can't wear every single hat if you want to scale. And I actually interviewed uh, Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsick from Almost 30 Podcast last year. And I asked them about it because they've obviously built this beautiful platform and they have a team of people. And I asked like, how do you let go of that control? Because that was the biggest thing for me. I'm like, well, I can just do it. It's faster for me to do it rather than try and teach someone else. And they just said to me, you know, like, if you really have this big dream and this big vision, it's got to be bigger than just you and what you're able to do. Like you will never be able to grow to the level that you want to if you're going to hold on to all of that control. And so that was, again, just one of those pivotal moments where I'm like, I got to release some control. Um, but I will say it, it's hard to find great people that you really trust and work with. And I've gone through a lot of um, different support systems of graphic designers and um, interns that have helped me with the podcast and with social media. And um, I think what shifted was when I started like manifesting and manifesting who I wanted in my business and like exactly who she was going to be and how she was going to support and how excited she was about everything. And then um, after doing that, you know, I was just like, all right, I'm going to find this person. And I found her and it's been amazing. Um, and I feel like I have somebody who believes in my brand just as much as I do. And that's like the biggest thing for me. You know, I, I, don't mind investing and paying money if I know that like the person on the other hand really believes in what I'm doing and is going to support me and do their job better than I would be able to do. I love that. And yeah, it is, it's a big control factor. As you were saying that it just, 
I don't know. It's like, as, as you were saying, I felt like a clenching in my chest of like, oh yeah, like that's letting go of yeah. so much control of like, oh, they won't do it as good as I will, but I, I don't feel it. And I've been on the other side of it where I've had a friend reach out and she wanted me to start editing her podcast. And I got, you know, like a little nervous because I know she's, she's so used to controlling everything, but she has, I mean, like five different side things that she's doing. And she's like, I can't do this. And it's really hard for me to let go, give up this control, but I need help. And, you know, I just went above and beyond to make sure (laughs) she felt comfortable handing it off to me. But yeah, I mean, I think that is actually a really scary thing that we don't always think about. So I think that's important. But yeah, I mean, and there's, you. I mean, honestly, yeah, the first time that you work with somebody, the second time, the third time, they might not get it right away. But being patient is a very, very big virtue and value of being a leader. And so you just got to like, you got to sit with it. You got to learn how to communicate. And it's a great lesson in being a human being, you know, of releasing that control and trusting someone and letting them into this baby that you have been working on for so long. But it, it is necessary, you know, unless you are totally fine with where you're at and don't need help and feel like everything is just like super even and good, then like, great, you don't need to hire somebody. But if you want to take things to the next level and you know that you're not going to have the bandwidth for it, you got to look at what is on your plate and ask like, what is it that I don't enjoy doing? What is like definitely not my zone of genius? Um, and who who's going to come in and take this from me? Who's going to help me out? And be excited about it too. Oh my God, I'm going to get some help with this. This is amazing. I'm so excited. I'm not going to have to do this awful podcast editing anymore that makes me like want to like bash my head into a wall. <laughs> Honestly, for anyone who hasn't edited podcasts, like it's the worst thing ever, do it and you will find such like mental growth because it is <laughs> wow. Like, <laughs> especially when it's your own voice, you're just like, God, no, don't make me do this. I know it's like, can I just delete everything I say? And uh, yeah, it's whole new level, but. Well, as our final wrap up, I did want to ask you, how would you describe your, your baby business, like everything you've built up, your brand, how would you describe it? And what do you hope people get from, you know, get and think of when they think of you and your podcast and your business and everything you do? Mm, that's such a good question. No one's actually asked me this before, so I hope I don't totally stumble over my words. <laughs> I've definitely thought about it a lot, though. Um, I hope that when people look at anything that I'm doing that they feel the lighthearted energy to it in an approachable way of bringing and incorporating wellness into your life. I want it to be accessible. I want it to be practical. I want it to reach people regardless of their income, regardless of their race, regardless of their gender, because wellness is not just having a cool Instagram page with a green juice. It's how we live our lives. And if we can live our lives from a place of playfulness, of curiosity, of wishing and wanting to be well, I think that the world will be a better place. And so we do that through movement. We do that through learning. We do that through sitting in silence and self-inquiry. And I hope that with all of the platforms that I've created, whether it's the podcast, my classes, um, my YouTube channel, my Instagram, and my blog, that people are able to find the information that they need to create a life that they love. And I truly believe that great teachers teach people how to teach themselves. And that's really where my passion and where my work lies, is teaching other people to be empowered and be confident that they truly do have the ability and the skills and the tools that they need to do whatever the fuck they want. Amen to that. Oh, I love it. And I think you do such, I mean, you do, you do such an amazing job of that. And yeah, just love it. Uh, I'm so honored to have been able to talk with you and where can people find you, learn more about you, check out that YouTube, all of the good stuff. Yes. Okay. So, um, basically everything is on my Instagram at Ava Johanna. That's Johanna with two N's. You can find a link to my YouTube, to my, uh, podcast, to my blog, any events that I have coming up. Um, the podcast is the alchemized life. It's available on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google play and stitcher podcast also has an Instagram at the alchemized life. 
And uh, my website is avajohanna.com. But I really love being able to talk with people and connect with people because that's why I'm doing all of this work. So like if you guys have questions, if anything resonated in this episode or you just want more information, like please send me a DM. Like we will become soul sisters or soul siblings. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I promise. I love, I love being able to connect with everybody. So thank you for having me, Emily. Oh my gosh. My pleasure. And I will say like, you always respond to messages, whether it's podcast or person like on your, you know, Ava account, like you're, you're so good at that. And I think that's so important for building community. So definitely reach out to her, you guys, if, (laughs) if any of this, you know, you have a question or resonates, but yeah, thank you for coming on, donating your time. It means so much. Thank you, babe. So much good in that episode. I just adore Ava so much. She has done so many great things for others, for herself, and I'm just so beyond pleased to have gotten to talk with her and share everything we discussed with you all. If you'd like to learn more about Ava, as I mentioned in the intro, she runs programs, courses, mentorship programs, she does retreats, she has her podcast, she has fitness classes if you're in the LA area. She is just an all-around gem and just one of those people you meet and you just can't help but like smile and laugh and hug because she is truly a light in this world. You can find her on Instagram at Ava Johanna, that's with two N's, linked below, and her podcast at The Alchemized Life. If you want to find me, I am on Instagram at either thrive underscore on life or at Emily Feichels. I still haven't decided if I'm changing the name, so just as a public service announcement for all future listeners that are coming back, I might be at, I'll be at either of those handles i'll i'll update the links in the bios but obviously i can't re-record these so just bear with me guys i'm figuring the ish out (laughs) i hope you have a glorious day and i appreciate you bye